Today we're learning Lizchus Rafu Shlima, Fiyislak Tzvi Ben Liba. At the bottom, mission of Lamed Ches and Beis, the Gemara is talking about more about cooking on the Shabbos. The Mishnah says, Ain Nosnin, Beitzib is a Mecha Mishvil Tzitzgal. You can't put an egg right next to uh, a hot a hot uh, thing that has water inside of it in order to, to make the egg roast a little bit. And the Chiddush of the Mishnah is that even though it's not on fire itself, it's just next to hot water, if it's going to cook the egg, even enough that it will stop being raw, um, it will just roast a little bit, that will be considered cooking, and that's forbidden to do on shops. And um, you can't fry the egg, and you can't break it, and then fry it on top of, uh, like a sudr is like a scarf, or like a material that got very hot, baked in the sun, and now you have a hot, uh, you have this hot scarf, and you're going to fry an egg on the hot scarf, that's also forbidden. Now that's a chiddush because you're not cooking on the fire at all. You're not even cooking with something that was heated through a fire. You're cooking through something that was heated up by the sun. But the Tanakhama holds that you're not allowed to cook on Shabbos even with something heated by the sun. Rabbi Yossi Mata. Rabbi Yossi seems to say that's okay. According to Rabbi Yossi, heating with something cooking up by the sun is uh, not a problem. That's a problem. But the next line of the mission says, You can't bury it in hot sand or dust that was baked in the sun in order to roast it. That seems like a contradiction from one line to the next. First, Rebiosi said you're allowed to do it on the hot scarf, but then he's saying that you're not allowed to do it in the hot sand. What's the difference? Both of them were heated up through the sun. So are you allowed to cook with things that were heated up on, on this, in the sun by in Shabbos or not? So that's going to be the subject of discussion in the Gemara, how to understand why it's not a contradiction from one line to the next. Says the, the Mishnah, my said was a story of Shabbat the people of Tveria came, and uh, just to know a little bit about Tveria, so obviously we know about the hot springs in Tveria. So it seems that the people of Tveria didn't want to bathe in the, the hot springs themselves. They were growth. They wanted to be bathing in, in, in some fresh water on Shabbos. And we'll learn that you're allowed to bathe in Chami Tveria on Shabbos. So they didn't want it to be cold. So they ran. There was like this, um, like almost like these pipes of water, cold water, that was going through the hot springs so that the cold water would be heated when it was passing through it. So then the pipes would come out into some sort of, um, into some sort of pool next to the hot, and they would come out a little bit warmer than cold water. So they, they set up this system before Shabbos, um, where, where, where these cold water was, was running through the pipes right next to the, to the Chamei Tveria, um, and they thought it was okay, because since they weren't doing anything on Shabbos itself, so then there shouldn't be any problem because they're not cooking on Shabbos. They're not doing anything wrong. However, what happened was, so right? they ran this pipe of the cold water through the hot springs before Shabbos. So the cold water was being heated by itself on Shabbos and then they would bathe in it. But said, in Shabbos, if, the water, if this is happening by itself on Shabbos, if the cold water is flowing through the pipe on Shabbos, we're going to treat it like hot water that was heated by itself, but that was, that was heated, that someone heated on Shabbos. Know this, even though it really wasn't, right? Really was, it was set up before Shabbos, since it was perpetrated before Shabbos, then it doesn't seem by the letter of law that there should be any problem. But the Chachamim are being mocked and saying, we're going, we're going to treat it like hot water that was heated up on the Shabbos. With hot water that was heated up on Shabbos, you can't use for bathing or for drinking. Then beyond if, and if the water was flowing through on the Yantif, we're going to be stringent to treat it like hot water that was heated by that was heated on the Yantif itself. But you can't use it for bathing, but you're allowed to use it for drinking. On Yantif, you're allowed to do anything else that's for eating or drinking purposes. So you're allowed to heat up hot water on Yantif for drinking. You're not allowed to heat up hot water, it seems like, from the Mishnah for bathing. So the bottom line is the story with, with this Anshay Tveria, we'll see why exactly it's being brought in. But what it seems to be saying is that they thought by the letter of law they're not doing anything wrong. They're not heating up the water on Shabbos. They're not heating up the water on Yantif. They're setting it up with the system before Shabbos that the pipe, the cold, the cold water, will run through the hot springs and enter into the pool and they'll be able to bathe on Shabbos and Yantif. 
And the rabbis are saying we're going to be machmir, and because it sounds like, hey, it's, it's like we should treat it like hot water that was heated up before Shabbos. Chachamim are saying, even though you didn't heat it yourself on Shabbos, we're going to be machmir and treat it like hot water that was heated up on Shabbos and Yantif, where that case is that you can't bathe on Shabbos or Yantif with it. Now, just a little bit of background, why can't you bathe with hot water that was heated up on the Shabbos? Um, what's the Isra bathing? So we really have to see all of the Gemara, but suffice for now, just to have some sense of clarity, is that people were heating up water intentionally on Shabbos in order to bathe. Uh, so the rabbis therefore went ahead long and, and, and they made a very far-reaching zera that said even if water was heated up, um, you're not allowed to uh, uh, bathe on Shabbos or Yantif. And we'll see exactly what the story is if it was heated up uh, before Shabbos. That's kind of like what's going on here with the story here with the Andre Tveria. Are we moderate or not? Uh, we will see more details about that in the Gemara. Okay, so first the Gemara analyzes the first thing that the Mishnah said about you can't put the egg next to the hot uh, in the urn uh, so that it, you, it will be heated up. So the says, well, what happens if, if you did do it? In other words, is this Daraisa? Is this Darabonon? So Amar Gil Gilgul Chatas. Yeah, you're liable for a Chatas. It's Mamash Daraisa. And the Chiddush is um, really a, a, a twofold point. The Chiddush is number one that, that the egg. Um, you didn't really roast it fully, but just you know, you made it somewhat. You just made it somewhat roasted. Lashon the mission was still to this goggle that it can roll. It rolls easier when it's roasted a little bit than when it's raw. So even if you just did a slight roasting to it, that's already significant enough to be mechayev achatas, even though it's not a full roasting. Okay, so once you brought it to the state of edibility, that's considered achiyev chatas. That's chiddush number one, and chiddush number two is that you're not even cooking with the fire itself. You're cooking with what it told us are which is a secondary thing. It's, it's a derivative of the fire. So even just cooking with hot water that was heated up on a fire, you could also be high for a chatos for cooking with that water. So the Gemara brings a proof for this. We'll bring a proof to the Mishnah from the Mishnah later on that such a thing can be high for cooking on Shabbos. It says in the Mishnah, anything that was already cooked in hot water before Shabbos, you're allowed to reheat it, soak it in hot water on the Shabbos. This is the famous principle. Once something is cooked, it's okay to reheat it on the Shabbos. So as long as something was soaked in hot water in a cleavation, you cooked it and boiled it up in hot water before Shabbos, and you can reheat it on Shabbos by soaking it in water, and we don't consider that to be cooking. Even though you're, you're raising the temperature, but in Bishal Achar Bishal, there's not a problem to reheat something that was already cooked before Shabbos. But if it wasn't already soaked in hot water before Shabbos, then you obviously cannot soak it because that's going to be cooking it on Shabbos. But if you just want to splash it, rinse it with a little bit of hot water, you could. Because rinsing with a little bit of hot water is not going to make the food ready. It's not going to, it's not going to bring it to a state of edibility. So that's not considered bishul on Shabbos. So just splashing with a little hot water is okay. With a few exceptions. Some salted fish and Spanish mackerels. And the idea of these things, these things are known as talia bishul, things that are very easily susceptible to cooking, things that are very easily brought to be becoming ready for, for, for consumption. So even if you just do a small splash, a small rinse of hot water on it, just a simple splash of hot water, that already makes it complete. This is the idea that Kaleh Abishal, because they're so easily susceptible to cooking, even in something that ordinarily doesn't cook, just a little splash of hot water, we consider that to be cooking. A very fundamental principle. We'll talk about this more as we go forward learning the laws of Bishal. So that's then subject to Bishal, even though you just did a little splash of hot water. So Shmami, you know, what do we see from there? That is just, just like over there, what do we see? We see both of these points that a small splash of hot water 
on the Spanish mackerel makes it a chi of chatas. Why is that? Because you brought it to a state of edibility. So first of all, you didn't cook on the fire itself. It was only a splash of hot water. And second of all, it's not a full-fledged cooking. You're just bringing it to be edible a little bit. But that's still considered a chi of chatas for Bishol and Shabbos. So do here with what we're saying for the egg. Even though it's not a full roasting, and even though it's not done directly on the fire itself, there can still be a chi of chatas for cooking on Shabbos. Okay. So then we learned machlokes, if you can cook on the hot scarf. So again, the scarf, the scarf was heated up by the sun, and now I'm going to fry an egg on the scarf. So there was a machlokes. The Tanakama said, person is not allowed to do that. Rabbi Yossi says he could. So now we look at um, our mission of a different mission. Now, what about a different mission? It says, no, sometimes you're allowed to poke and cook into a pit that it should be, you know, stay, stay around. Um, you know, just be cooled and protected. So now you can put good water and old, bad water said to cool off. Uh, in other words, you're, you, basically you're putting a cooked dish into a cool place to make sure that it's not spoiling. That's the point. Um, you're putting a, and the same thing with water. You can put cold water in the sun in order that it can be heated up. It says you're allowed to cook in the sun. You're allowed to cook in the sun. So maybe it sounds like that Mishnah is only Rabbi Yossi, not the Rabbanan. It sounds like in our Mishnah that cooking in the sun is a machlokis between Rabbi Yossi and the Rabbanan. So the Mishnah later on, what that Mishnah is only Rabbi Yossi. So cooking directly in the sun itself, everybody agrees it's mutter. You want to cook in the sun, that's totally mutter. What's the reason that you can cook in the sun? So there's a very famous Rashi here. Rashi says because it's not the normal way of cooking. What does Rashi mean it's not the normal way of cooking? Is that just like a shino? Is that kalachar yad? Is you normally midrabanan doing something that's not normal? Is drabanan? At least asar and shabbos. Yet here we see that when you cook in a very abnormal way, instead of cooking with fire, uh, you cook in the in the sun. It's mutter. It seems like it's just fundamentally such an abnormal point that it's not considered to be cooking at all. It's a very famous machlokas between Rabbi Zalman and uh, Ramosha about cooking in microwaves based upon this. Would cooking in a microwave be considered bishul from the Torah or not? Is that considered derech bishul, the way of cooking, not the way of cooking, if it's not with fire? So anyways, cooking in a sun directly, the Gemara is saying everybody agrees is mother. But told us are cooking with a derivative of a fire, let's say hot water was heated up on the fire, that's certainly also, and as we said, that's even where is there a dispute? But told us with the thing, like we said, the hot scarf that was heated up by the sun. My savar, the rabbanon hold, guys. We don't told us to come out to tell us are. We make a decree that you can't cook with the derivative of the sun because someone would get confused and cook with the derivative of the fire. They just see a hot scarf. They don't know how it's heated up. Maybe it was heated up by the sun. Maybe it was heated up by the fire. So if they see you using the hot scarf, they might think it was heated up by the fire, and they might conclude from there. That, that told us ha'ar is mutter, when in fact told us ha'ar is even chayavachatza. So therefore, the rabbi said, if you're not doing it in the sun directly, but with the derivative of the sun, it's usher. It's a very strange sense of irony here. Told us ha'chama is more usher than chama. Chama is mutter because everybody sees it's the sun. But when you're doing it in something hot that was heated up by the sun, then the rabbanon holds awesome. The rabbanon admires us, although we know Rabbi Yossi holds, we weren't goes. Rabbi Yossi says no. The same way cooking in the sun is mutter, so cooking in the derivative of the, of the sun uh, is also mutter. So that's what ends up the machlokas. Everybody agrees cooking in the sun is mutter. The machlokas is about toldos achama. And the root of the question is, do we, do we, are we goes or do we make a decree that toldos achama or asr, asr toldos ar, the Rabbanon says asr, Rebiosu says it's not asr. But what's the problem? The next line in the mission, mission is a lot of You're not allowed to bury it in the sand. So what's going on? Why is Rebiosu not arguing? If Rebiosu holds it, you can't do it on the hot scarf. Because we're goes or told us the to does are, so he should be she asked the hot sand as well. So the Gemara answer is Rabbi Amar Gzeir Shem Yafner and Remez. here agrees that it's usher because you might come to insulate food with the hot ash. If someone sees you burying an egg in the sand to cook, so they would say, hey, you can do it with that insulation. So maybe you can do it with something else. Maybe you could make an insulation for a pot of food in hot ash. And cooking in hot ash is totally usher because the ash comes from the fire. 
So even though we don't normally say tolas achamas aser, you're not allowed to put it in the uh, fully insulated in the uh, in the sun in 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 the sand because that might come to be looking like insulating in hot ash. So we don't let you fully insulate in ash. You could uh, fry the egg over a hot scarf that was baked in the sun, but you cannot do it uh, by, 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 by burying it into the sand. Uh, if you, but we will let you bury in the sand, you might come to bury a pot in, uh, in ash, and ash is definitely forbidden. But Yosef, from is different as the nation Macy's offer Makoma. We're nervous that you're gonna move the sand from its place because there's different ways how to understand, but one of the, the simple idea in the Gemara is that a sand is muksa. So if you're coming to bury it, you might push away some of the sand, which is muksa. And Rav Yosef is saying, you're not allowed to do that. Even if you're not doing it directly, you're just pushing the dirt with the egg. Um, you're not allowed to do such a thing. So it's a muksa concern. My bad. Now, what's the practical difference between Rava's reason and Rav Yosef's reason? Rava's reason was that someone might conclude that you're allowed to insulate and they might do, be insulated with hot ash, which is aser. And uh, Rav Yosef's reason was because you might be moving, moving the mozzah thing. So what's the difference? The difference would be if it's very loose earth. So according to Rabbi, it's still lesser because it still resembles what might be with, with ash. According to Rav Yosef, it's mozzah because you're not going to come to mute. So the Gemara is a kasha, they asked on Rav Yosef from the bride. So it says, You could roast an egg a little bit on a hot roof. So the roof was baked by the sun. So you could roast it on the surface of the roof. But you can't do it. And um, Sid is like plaster or lime that was heated by a fire that you can't. So, so one is it told us a chama, one is it told us a So, Bishop Andamarang Zayar and Shemiyatham and Baramets, if you go like Rabba, that the reason why Rabbiosi agrees in the sand is because you might come to do it with hot ash, Lake of the There's no concern here to do it on the hot roof because um, there's not enough, there's no, there's not enough sand there to totally bury the egg. You're just putting it on the, on the surface of a roof. So that's not insulating. So there's no xeria. So, 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 so told us, uh, told us a chama's mutter. And we going, we could be going like Rabbi Yossi, told us a chama's mutter. So the surface of the roof is mutter. And we only ask for burying in the sand, but placing it on the surface of the roof is not like that. According to Rabbi Yossi, that says the reason why we don't let you bury it in the sand is because it might move the earth, so we have a muksa problem. So legs of Shemuel should say the same thing, putting it on the hot roof. And the Gemara assumes that on the hot roof, there might be some dirt, might be some dirt that a person will move around to uncover the egg. The Gemara is assuming that the surface of the roof is not, um, is not exposed, and a person might have to move muksa, which the Gemara clearly answers right away. Stam gag, why do you have to be concerned? A regular roof is not going to have earth, on, earth just sitting around you, so there's no concern that you might move it. So to summarize, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi was saying here, also Rabbi Shemuel, the hold that cooking and told us Achama's mutter, we don't make a decree or we told us are. The one thing you're not allowed to do is bury it in sand because it, there are two reasons. According to Rabbi, the concern is someone might come to insulate with hot ash. According to Rabbi Yosef, we might be a muksa concern to move it around. So now again, we have another Kashan Rav Yosef Tashima. We brought the, the story in the Mishnah Maisha Shiva Amshi Tveria. So the story of the people of Tveria went ahead. What did they do? They had the pipe of the cold water running through the hot springs. And the Rabbanan saying, we're going to treat it like it was done and heated up on Shabbos and you can't bathe on it. Now, the Gemara is assuming that what's the case of Tveria? That the heat does not, is not from the fire. The heat of the, of the Chamei Tveria comes from, the, comes from the, the sun. And the Rabbanan are still saying, and the Rabbanan are saying you can't do it. And it seems like even Rabbi Yossi agrees that, that, that you can't do it. So everybody, so it sounds like that you can't um, heat, you can't heat cold water uh, definitely on Shabbos with the Chamei Now, what are the Chamei Tveri? Chamei should be told us Chama. They should be told us Chama, and yet we're still saying it's Asr. So why should it be Asr? Why is Rabbi Yossi agreeing to that? If you say, that the gzera is shemiyatman beremets. You might come to bury it if we let you bury it in sand. You might you might also make the gzera that you might insulate with hot ash. Hanidamilatmana. That's why it's aser because it's like hatmana. 
It's like totally insulating. The same way you can't bury it in sand, so you can't have the pipe running completely through the hot springs because it's like an insulation. And if we let you do that, then you might come to bury it in the, in the, in the remnants, which is also, that's why everybody, even Rabbi Yossi, agrees that it's also, even though Rabbi Yossi holds that you can cook and told us Achama, but Rabbi Yossi agrees that you can't run the stream on Shabbos, through the uh, for sure through the through the through the Chametz Vera, even though Chametz Vera is told Chama, because it's like Atmana and Atmana, we forbid because you might do a Beremetz. Elamada mentioned he's offering Makomo, but according to Rav Yosef, who says, "Nah, it was nothing to do with burying in the sand. It's not also because of Atmana, but it's also because you of the Muksa concern because the the sand is Muksa." So Michael Mima, what are you going to say? Obviously, the hot water is not Muksa. So what's the problem? Why would Rav Yosef see any issue? Why on Shabbos itself? Why in the world can't a person just put the 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 pipe of the cold water through the Chamit on Shabbos. I mean, what's the problem? It's only told us a chama. So the Gemara responds, You thought that the, the story with Tzvarya is going on the last part of the Mishnah and it's bringing something like burying the egg in hot sand and we're comparing burying in the egg in the hot sand to the Chamit Tzvarya. No, nothing to do with it. We're going back on the Reisha. In the Reisha, we said, There's a machlok about told us a chama. You can't break it on the hot, bake it on the hot scarf. And Rabbi Yossi holds its mutter. So now the Chachamim brought a rye from here. Look at the story in Tveria where it was cold water that was going through a Toldo Sachama because the Chachamim assumed that the Chamei Tveria's Toldo Sachama is heated up by the sun. Uh, so Rabbana, the Rabbana answered it, right? We said you can't use the water. All the Rabbana said we're going to treat it as if it was heated up on Shabbos, which evidently would be a problem because it's Toldo Sachama. And Amalhu, Rabbi Yossi says back, no, who told us are? It's told us are. The hot springs are not heated by the sun, the hot springs are heated up by the fire. The Alfia Piskal again, and the hot waters are heated by fire when they go through the gates of Gehenim. So they're not heated up. The Chamitz are not heated up by the sun, but rather by the R. So in other words, the Rabbanon, we're having Mahalukas Rabbi Yossi about Todos Achama. The Rabbanon are bringing the story with the Antri Tveria as a proof. So we saw that they were even Machmer, even though they set it up before Shabbos, Rabbanon treated it as if it was heated on Shabbos and it was also. And Rabbanon were bringing that as a proof. So you see that Al-Kopanon, that doing it on Shabbos would for sure be a problem. Even though you're heating it up with Toldos Achama. And then Rabbi Yossi says back, no, it's not Toldos Achama. It's Toldos Ha'ar because it's heated up through the or of Gehenim, not through the sun. But it has nothing to do with the Sefer. Rabbi Yossi's other point, and that's that even Rabbi Yossi can see that you can't cook the egg by burying it in the sand because that is something uh, of a muksa of a muksa concern. So that concludes um, where, where the Gemara is right now. So again, there's Machlok, Rabbi Yossi and the Rabbanon about Toldos Achama. And everybody agrees in the Chama, it's Mutter, the Machlokas is told us a Chama. And there's also an internal, but everyone agrees Chamit Tveri is also according to Rabbanus for sure. It's like Chamit, it's like, it's like Toldos Chama according to Rabbi Yossi is considered Toldos Ha'ar. And even Rabbi Yossi agrees that burying a sand is also according to Rabbah. According to Rabbah, it is also because of, um, that you might, you might come to do insulation with the hot ash. And according to Rabbi Yosef, it's because of the Muxa concern for moving, moving the sand. Now the Gemara comments, Amar Rav Chista, what do we see? From the story in Tveria, the fact that the Rabbanon Asrit, remember, the people of Tveria were doing it not on Shabbos. So they weren't heating it up on Shabbos, they were setting it up before. So with the fact that the Rabbanon Asrit, we learn that it's Asr, it's Asr to insulate food with a material that increases heat, even if it's done before Shabbos starts, because they were running the pipe before Shabbos. But since the cold water was, become heating, was becoming heated on Shabbos itself, the Rabbanon Asrit, it's used. So we see that something that's heated automatically on Shabbos is Asr, we see that it's Asr to insulate food before Shabbos with any material that will add heat to it on Shabbos. That's what we derive uh, from what we seem to see with the Amshay Tveria. It seems like it seems like it was an issue of Hatmana. That's why even though they weren't doing it on Shabbos, the Rabbanon Asr did 
uh, that you can't have food being heated by itself in an insulated way, even though you set it up before Shabbos. Amar Ula, but Ula now says it's actually a machlokas. What was the outcome? The way we were going until now is like, the Rabban and Asr and Shitveria, everybody agreed it was a problem and like closed case, they shot it down. But Ula actually has a different version. Actually, the halachas are like the people of Tveria, not like the Rabbanon who said that they couldn't do it. The halachas like the Anshay Tveria, which means that it actually it's, it's permissible to do, what, to do what they did. And that's, that's a very novel point. Obviously, he has to hold, um, that, like Rabbi Yossi, that you could cook but told us Akama. And even though the Gemara before said Rabbi Yossi holds, was also because it passed by the fires of Gehenim, Ula holds not that way. That is not true. And it's really a toldas achama, and, uh, and, 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 and it's, it's actually okay. It's actually okay. So we get a totally different response to what the people of Tveria did. It's actually not a problem. So Amalu have Nachman. Nachman said back to him, It's irrelevant what you're saying, because the people of Tveria already destroyed the pipe. Meaning they were chozer. They were masking that the Allah is like with our and that it was a problem. So don't stick up for them and say that the Allah goes like them, because anyways now it's a point of no return. Already we have the halacha. Already we have that the halacha is like the Rabbana. Okay, so now let's focus now a very important sugya. So it's amazing to be able to learn this sugya a little bit before Shabbos and Yantif about the, the famous, famous sugya about bathing on Shabbos and Yantif. Let's try to take this slow and understand. So that the people is very heated up on, they, they, they perpetrated on Friday this whole system with the pipe going through. The Rabbanan did not agree to this. They, they were concerned it would be like, they said it is if, it, it, it is as if it was heated up on Shabbos and it's forbidden in drinking and bathing. And if it was before Yantif, it is as if it is uh, heated up before Yantif, heated up on Yantif, and it is forbidden in bathing, but mutter in drinking. So the Gemara says, My Rechitza, what type of bathing do we mean when we say that you can't use it for? If we're talking about bathing the entire body, so what's going on? The statement is that even though you did it before Shabbos, we're going to treat it like it was heated up on Shabbos because it was heated up automatically. So we're going to treat it like it was heated up on Shabbos. So that gives an implication that you can't bathe with water that's heated up on Shabbos. But if I would heat up water before Shabbos, you'd be allowed to bathe with it. That's the implication because we're saying the entree is very perpetrated that it would get heated up automatically on Shabbos. They thought that was okay. The Rabbanon are saying, no, we're going to treat it like water that's heated up on Shabbos and therefore it's forbidden to bathe. So it sounds like you can only not bathe and water heated up on Shabbos, but with water that's heated up on Erev Shabbos, it is mutter to bathe. Is that really true? Vatanya says in a bright Shabbos. If I have hot water that was heated up before Shabbos, on Shabbos a person can wash his, his, his face, his hands, and his feet. He can't wash his whole body. We're going to see in tomorrow's daf a whole restriction upon bathing. And we'll learn again that the rabbi saw that people were, were heating water up on Shabbos and therefore they made a restriction against bathing on Shabbos. So even if water was heated up before Shabbos, you're not allowed to bathe your entire body. So if it's also to, to bathe even with water that was heated up before Shabbos, so that can't be what the Mishnah is talking about. Again, the Mishnah is saying that the Rabbanan are saying back, I know you set up this system, but since it's getting heated automatically on Shabbos, we're going to treat it like water that was heated up on Shabbos and therefore it's also in Rechitza. What do you mean? It's also in Rechitza if you're bathing your whole body even if it was heated up before Shabbos. So, only way we can understand the mission is that we're talking about somebody to wash their hands, their face, and the feet. That is mutter with water that's heated up before Shabbos, and it's also with water that's heated up on Shabbos. So we're saying that the Anshay Tveria, we're going to treat it as if the water was heated up on Shabbos because it was heated up automatically, and therefore it's going to be also to wash the hands, face, and feet. That would be the way to understand the ratio of the Mishnah. Problem is, they must say, but what about the next line? It says, on the next line, beyond Yantif, if they set it up this way before Yantif, we would treat it like hot water that was heated up um, on Yantif, and then what would it then be? It's mutter and shtia, because you could heat up 
uh, water on Shabbos to, on, on Yontif to drink. Any malachas matar l'tzarach ochel nefesh on Yontif, but it's going to be usher to bathe. Now, if we're talking about the hands, fa- fa- the hand, the face, hands, and feet, then it would be it would be mashma that you can't heat up water on Yontif to wash the hands, face, and feet. Says the Gemara, is that true? Then the Mishnah would only be going like the opinion of Beishamai. Where do we see that? It's not, we learn in the Mishnah. You're not allowed to heat up hot water for your feet, unless you're heating, unless it's fit for drinking, you're doing for drinking, then the leftover water maybe you could use. But to heat up water to, for bathing, even just your hands, face, and feet, according to Beishamai, is awesome. Because Beishamai says, you know, you're not allowed to cook on Shabbos. You're allowed to cook. Uh, on, you're not allowed to cook on yantif. You're allowed to cook on yantif. It's arkal nefesh. If it's not arkal nefesh, it's not mutter. So if you're doing it to drink, it's mutter. But if you're doing it to wash your hands, face, or feet, that's not mutter. Well, Beisol Matir and says it's okay. What's the pshat in Beisol? How are you allowed to heat up hot water on yantif to wash your hands, face, and feet? So the Gemara in Beitzah explains that there's a principle of mitoch. Mitoch means that once the malacha is mutter for the basis of ochel nefesh, it's mutter for any other universal needs as well. Now, universal need means something that's davar hashavah l'chol nefesh, that any person would enjoy and would want to do it if it wouldn't be yantif. So, Basil says, that's something everyone does daily. Everybody washes their hands, face, and feet daily. So, even though you're not doing it for cooking purposes, but once cooking, once heating hot water is mutter for cooking purposes of food, then it's mutter even for non-food related purposes, like washing your hands, face, and feet. Since it is something that shovel l'chol nefesh, it's something that everybody would do if it wasn't yantif, and the only because of the restriction of cooking on yantif, so you're allowed to do that. So it's a huge, very fundamental machlokas b'shamit, so b'shamit does not subscribe to this principle called mito. So he allows you to, to heat up water on Shabbos, or on yantif, only if you're going to be using it for food. Basil subscribes to mito, so he allows you to do it even if you're not doing it for food. But Basil is only allowed you to do it as it says here for the hands face or feet the reason is the hands face or feet are universal need that everybody would do daily if it wasn't for the fact that it's yontif but it sounds like from here in the mishnah that even basilo does not allow you on yontif to warm up water to wash your whole body he only allows you to to warm up the water if your hands face or feet what is the reason tosos explains because Bathing is something which they didn't do that regularly. They didn't do every day. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't bathe every day. So that's not shavu l'chol nefesh. Even basil only allows you to do something that it would be something that everybody would would do if it wasn't for the restrictions of yantif. So basil is only allowing you for the principle mitoh to heat up the water for the hands, face, and feet. But the bottom line is is that according to basil, you're allowed to heat up water on yantif for the hands, face, or feet. So what does it mean that we're going to treat it like that? The Andre Tveria, the Rabbanon said we're going to treat it like it was heated up in yantif, and then it's also in rechitzah. We're talking about hands, face, and feet. You're allowed to eat up water on Yantif for the hands, face, and feet to do it. So if you said the Mishnah is talking about hands, face, and feet, it's, gonna, it's only going to be like Beishamai. We can't have the Mishnah only going Beishamai. So what type of bathing is the, is, is the Mishnah dealing with? If you say, just to repeat the, the long-winded question here, if you say we're talking about for bathing the full body, that's difficult from the Shabbos because even if I have hot water heated up before Shabbos, you're not allowed to bathe the whole body. And if we say we're talking about the hands, face, or feet, then that's going to be difficult from the Yontif part because the rabbis are asking you because we're going to treat it as if it was heated up on Yontif. But what do you mean? On Yontif, you could even, you could even warm up um, water on Yontif to wash your hands, face, or feet. So what type of bathing is the mission talking about? So the Gemara answers, We're talking about a shower for the whole body. We're not talking about bathing. We're talking about rinsing. So again, the original, we have to learn this more tomorrow, but that there's an idea that the rabbis are ossering bathing because of people heating up water. But the question is, did they osser showering or did they only osser bathing? And we'll see more of the variables exactly. It's a little bit different. It's not the same thing. 
Ah, it's a different Misa. So the bathhouse, well, the whole problem was the bathhouse attendants will learn tomorrow they used to heat up the water. So for rinsing about your body, it's really a different action. So is it the same thing or is it not? So we're talking about showering and, 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 and bathing in hot water. So, so again, so bathing in hot water, even that was heated up before Shabbos is Asr. But what about showering? So showering, it sounds like we're going to be saying could be done with hot water that was heated up before Shabbos, but not with hot water that's heated up on Shabbos. And the same thing for Yontif. And that's what our Mishnah means. That even though the Anshay Tveria were doing it, setting up this automatic system, they're up on our saying we're going to treat it like water that was heated up on Shabbos and Yontif, and you can't shower in it your whole body but if it would be treated like hot water that was heated up before before Shabbos or Yontif then it would have been mutter where is there an opinion that you're allowed to use hot water that was heated up before Shabbos and Yontif for showering on Shabbos and Yontif we're going like this Tana the Tana Rav Shem Tana it says in a bright according to Rameir you can't take a shower not only with hot water even cold water Rameir hold that we because of the similarity we went all the way any any even in added, added stringency not only bathing, even showering, even cold water is totally awesome. Rabshimanolds is totally much. Rabshimanolds, you could rinse your whole body, you could shower with cold water, even hot water. As long as it was heated up on a Friday before Shabbos or Eric Yantiv, you could totally shower your whole body. Rabbi Yudah makes a compromise. If you're doing it with hot water, usher, even if the water was heated up before Shabbos, but so in, if it's cold water, mutter, then it's mutter. So we're saying our Mishnah holds like Reb Shimon. So if our Mishnah holds like Reb Shimon, as long as the water was heated up before Shabbos, before Yantiv, it's totally mutter to take the shower. So the Anshay Tveria thought that's what they were doing. And the Rabbanan are saying, no, even though it's, it, no, you're not doing it on Shabbos, but since it's being heated automatically, we treat it like it's, it, it's, it, we treat it like it's heated up on Shabbos and Yontif, and it's there for us to take that shower on, um, on Shabbos or, or, or Yontif. Now, again, this only works if the Mishnah holds like Rib Shimon. Now the Gemara just clarifies the Machlokas Tanam that we just learned. Amar Chesam Machlokas Bekliv. Machlokas Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yudah about, about taking a shower with hot water, heated up before Shabbos, is only if it's in, the hot water now is in a Kli, but if it's in the ground, everybody agrees it's mother. What's the rationale to make a difference? The rationale to make a difference is because Basically, somebody, if they see hot water coming up, they might think that you're allowed to mix cold water with hot water on Shabbos. Hey, it's not on the fire. I'm just mixing with hot water. And that's totally awesome. But, but they, they're out. So therefore, for sure, it's awesome if it's, if it's in a cleat. So, 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 so there's concern that someone might extrapolate from there that you're allowed to mix cold water with hot water. But if the hot water is in the ground, and then, then, then it's not such a problem. Like, in, you know, in, the, in like a, an in-ground kind of bathtub, that's not such a problem. Because a lot of times they would take those in-ground bathtub water was taken from hot springs not heated on the water. So even if the water was, um, even if the water was heated on the fire, it's, it, it, it's not, someone sees what's going on, they're not gonna go think that you can add cold water to water that was heated on a fire. Again, that's the real problem. We don't want anyone to conclude that I can put cold water with hot water heated on a fire, that's a doraisa. So when it's in a kli, someone's gonna think it's hot water, it's hot water that's heated on the fire. That's the most normal way of having the hot water in a kli, so that's also the Rabbanon say, so then everybody agrees you can't use that water at all. But if it's in, 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 in the ground where there's a possibility it was heated by a spring where it's not so bad, uh, it's only a drawbanan at most to mix the cold water with it. So then that's when there was an opinion that it was mutter. Then, then everybody agrees it's mutter. So the Gemara says back, it can't be everybody agrees it's mutter. The story was, it was water that was in the ground. Rabbanan are still saying it, that it's usher. Right? It was going through the hot water. There was an, it was an in-ground pool where they were trying to, we were trying to bathe. Rabbanan were saying, you can't use it for rinsing. You can't use it for showering. It's still usher. 
So, so what's going on? So the Gemara switches at Ali Itmar, Achi Itmar. We switch at the other way. Machlokas, Bakarko, the whole Machlokas is only when it's in the ground. But if it's in a vessel, the Vriyako, Asr. Just the opposite. Everybody agrees in a Kli, it's Asr. Even Reb Shimon agrees that if it would be in a Kli, it's Asr because we don't want anyone concluding that I can mix some cold water with hot water that was cooked on the fire. So the whole Machlokas, Reb Shimon allows you to shower with water that was heated up on Arab Shabbos. Reb Shimon only matters it if the water now is in a um, in an in-ground kind, kind of pool, Reb Shimon though would agree that if it's in a kli, then uh, it's also, even though it was heated up before Shabbos, it's also to take a shower with it on Shabbos. Now the Gemara gives a halacha. We get a halacha. We pass in like Reb Yehuda. We pass in like the middle opinion. So again, we had three opinions. Everyone knows we were saying you can't bathe with uh, water that was heated up on Erev Shabbos. But what about showering? So we had three opinions. Rabbi Meir says, it's even in cold water. Rabbi Shimon was saying, it's mutter even in hot water. Rabbi Yehuda was saying, in hot water, it's also in cold water, it's mutter. So we paskin like Rabbi Yehuda, that with hot water that was heated up on Erev Shabbos, it's also not only to bathe, but even to shower. But if it's cold water, the Gemara is saying, you're allowed to take a, um, to take a shower on, on, on Shabbos. By the way, it's a very interesting thing. To bathe in cold water, sounds like from the Gemara that that's also. Um, even though the Icarat didn't, maybe it's, it's, uh, it's really not such a problem, but it sounds like the bathing itself might be a problem. We're saying that the, the showering is mutter. What's the reason for that? So we have a Magan Avram. Um, the Magan Avram explains that we have because there are certain, a lot of Rabbanin, Rabbanans that a person may, may or other Malachas a person may violate if they bathe, like squeezing out hair and things like that. Um, so therefore, they came along and said maybe bathing in cold water is also. Even the Gemara is only, Gemara is only giving a hatter for showering in cold water. But the bottom line is, it does sound like from the Gemara here that showering with cold water is not a problem. It's a big question, if there's a minute not to do such a thing. Uh, that's a very famous question. It definitely, for, maybe if a person is Mestar, they could take a shower with cold water. Um, on Shabbos, perhaps there is such a license based upon the Gemara. And that, as we see, it's not included in the Gzera of taking a of bathing on Shabbos. Bathing on Shabbos really is also only, uh, only with hot water. To bathe with cold water itself is only a mug and a rum that it's also, but as the Gemara is ruling here really black and white, Allah Akrab, you the bathing in cold water, uh, a showering in cold water should not be a problem. There may be some sorts of minhagim that don't allow it, but essentially it shouldn't be a problem. Okay. Says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Barachana, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Alach Rabbi Yehuda. Fine, Amar Rabbi Yosef. Befir Shmelchol Miklal Ismael. Did you hear this like explicitly from Rabbi Yochanan, Alach Rabbi Yehuda, or it's only something that you inferred? Says the Gemara, Michael. What kind of inference would we possibly be able to make to know that that's the halacha? Amar Rabbi. Whenever you have two Tanam arguing, then there's a third one who's a middle opinion. Halacha Gedivir Machriya. Halacha is always like the middle opinion. So that would be a reason to think here that Allah is like Rabbi Yudah, because we have the extreme opinion of Rameir that even cold water is also. We have the extreme opinion of Rabbi Shimon, on the other hand, that even hot water is mutter. And Allah would be like the middle opinion of Rabbi Yudah. Except for the case where we actually learn this in the test with the rags that people, someone designated for something. There we had Rabbi Lazar was Machmer. Shua was lenient, and Rabbi Kiva was in the middle. In Allah is not like Rabbi Kiva. First of all, Rabbi Kiva was a Talmud of Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shua. So, so we don't say this idea that the halacha is like the middle opinion when it's a Talmud against his Rebbe. But, oh, and furthermore, happens to be Rebbe Kiva retracts his opinion and holds like Rebbe Yeshua. So with there, it's obviously the middle opinion doesn't stand. But with the exception of that case, we always go like the middle opinion. So maybe that's the klal. That's the inference. Maybe Rebbe Yochanan didn't explicitly say that here the halacha is like Rebbe, Rebbe Yehuda. It was just based upon that inference. So the Gemara says, what difference does it make if it was an inference? He said it explicitly. Bottom line is, an inference is also a valid point. Why do we care so much if it was an inference or if it was said explicitly? So the Gemara answers because Maybe this rule that the 
Allah is always like the middle opinion is only for a machlokas, the three machlokas that was in a Mishnah. But with Brisa low, if it was in a Brisa, like our situation where the, the, the three machlokas about showering on Shabbos was in a Brisa, maybe the rule doesn't apply. So I heard this explicitly from Rabbi Yochanan that the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, that showering uh, on Shabbos with water that was used up before Shabbos is if it's hot water, it's awesome, but if it's cold water, then in fact it is mutter.